I, who replaced the much-loved Queen Elizabeth I following her death on March the 24th, 1603. Now, when he was crowned King James I of England, he was already King James VI of Scotland. And since his first day in office, he's been advocating for the English Parliament to endorse a formal union between the two countries. Now, Shakespeare made it his business to know what the public were talking about. He was always attuned to the zeitgeist or the mood of the people. And both of these situations interested him as a writer. Ah, here we are. We're in Cripplegate. And I'm especially interested in that wig shop over there. The one with the sign advertising the finest quality made-to-measure human hair wigs. Well, in 1604, this is a pretty good business to be in, because wigs are all the rage. Partly for fashion, but mainly to hide the ravages of disease, especially syphilis, which was rife at the time. Even Queen Elizabeth I, famous for her fiery red hair, wore a wig in later life because she lost most of it. Of course, personal hygiene in the early 17th century was not what it is today. While the use of soap dates back thousands of years to ancient Indian tribes, only the wealthy could afford it, and access to water was very limited. London has the mighty River Thames flowing through it, but in Shakespeare's day, oh, it stank, and was full of disease-ridden mess. Generally, people would use the river water to clean their faces and hands, and use watered-down vinegar for their teeth. For the hair, the rich might add a dash of perfume to the water and give it a rinse, but shampoo won't be available for more than another 200 years. Remember, this is before the days of mass sanitation, and so there is no plumbing, and all waste, and I mean all waste, is thrown into the water. It was said you could smell London from 20 miles away, and being such a small area, only one square mile, with almost 200,000 people crammed into it, disease travelled quickly and easily. During Shakespeare's time in London, the plague struck on several occasions, and the infant mortality rate was very high. In 1593, for example, the plague killed some 11,000 people in London alone. And, of course, there were no medicines to fight it. Now, getting back to my purpose for being here, I'm not looking to buy a wig, but I want to snoop around in the rooms above the shop. Hmm. Pretty grotty, really, considering it's the home of Britain's greatest playwright, William Shakespeare. Tales of Shakespeare's frugal nature are legendary and it's known he took at least two friends and neighbours to court for small debts at around this time. Well, he's obviously not spending much on rent. He isn't a drinker or a womaniser like many of his contemporaries, but he's making good money. In 1599, his world changed when he became part owner of the Globe Theatre, as he developed from being an actor-writer to a theatrical impresario. He's earning more money than ever before, but instead of flashing it about in expensive and glamorous London, he's sending it home and buying property in Stratford. From as early as 1600, he seems to be planning his retirement, making sure he has enough money to enjoy later life and to exercise complete control over his assets. So in late 1603, early 1604, Shakespeare has lost his father. He's planning his own retirement, and like everyone else in the city, his imagination has been captured by the court case. And it reminds him of the historical tale 
of King Lear, who, in dividing his kingdom, threatened the stability of ancient Britain. In fact, Sir Brian Annesley's family situation is so similar to that of King Lear that he couldn't have failed to make a connection. I mean, both have three daughters, and the youngest is named Cordell and Cordelia. And so, he reached for his favourite historical source, Chronicles of England, Scotland and Ireland, by Raphael Hollinshead, which had been published in 1577. Now, according to Hollinshead's chronicles, King Lear ruled ancient Britain in about 800 BC, even before the Roman Empire, when Britain was united as one kingdom and ruled over by a single, all-powerful king. Now, Lear was king for more than 40 years until he chose to retire, and with no male heir, planned to split the kingdom between his three daughters and their husbands. He divided the country into three. And as one of the shares with